The Florida Gators have quite a few targets that are committing in the next week. We're going to talk about that with Brian Smith here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Thursday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants, Country, and NFL 33. Just going to apologize now for the lack of episodes this weekend or this week uh i have been battling i guess the summer flu it's been great super fun love it but we are back we will be back again tomorrow and joining me now is brian smith joining me now for locked on gators is brian smith locked on's recruiting insider and brian it's been about a whole week since you've been here missed you buddy but but you're back so we've got that <laughs> <laughs> Brian, we're going to spend this whole day talking about Florida Gators targets with commitment dates coming up, and we will we'll get this out of the way now because we both were just talking about this. We don't think that these that Florida is in great standing for these kids, but then again, I have been horribly wrong before, and I will be horribly wrong again. So I'd be foolish to not talk about it. But first up. Fletcher Westfall, offensive lineman, offensive tackle, who, I mean, like everybody wants. He he posted the picture a week and a half ago, basically, at this point, of him in the bathtub with just a ton of recruiting letters and things. There was about 60 of them from Florida in that bathtub with him. But for Fletcher Westfall, do you think he would have, let's say, premier offensive tackle potential in the SEC? He could be as a power player. Um, you can't teach his frame. I mean, I, I'm glad that I'm not the one that's feeding him and, and supporting the bill. Uh, 330, 340, whatever he is right now. But I, I, I need to see guys pass protect against defensive ends in the SEC before I technically give the premier title. Um, do I think he can play tackle in the SEC? Absolutely. Uh, good feet, power player. But I think he's the guy that's more of a road grader long term than I do think he's a pass protector. And with someone like Fletcher Westfall, I mean, the Gators, let's just backtrack for a second, have three offensive linemen committed for the 2024 class. It's Marcus Maskell. It's Noel. I'm so sorry. Port Yagen, I want to say. Um, and Mike Williams. You got those three guys committed. They are three of your four lowest ranked recruits, which are lowest ranked commits, which, you know, I'll say. I don't put a ton into the rankings, but they matter at the, at the very least to an extent. Sure. And so all three of the offensive t- offensive linemen committed are thought of as, you know, developmental guys. They're athletes. They've got high ceilings, all that fun stuff. What is the importance of Florida adding a high ranking option or are you more comfortable with, let's say, Fletcher doesn't choose Florida, which is the expectation right now. Are you comfortable with developmental pieces with no top-ranked guys? Because we know 
ideally, true freshmen ain't playing. So, so you'll have time to kind of develop these guys. And it's also important, I think, to note that someone like Marcus Maskell, we expect him to be a riser. Could he be that blue chip lineman that's committed? That wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, in the case of Maskell, I mean, where he plays at, he's going against great competition. He's going to get scouted a lot just by osmosis. And he's also a kid that can really move his feet. He's got upside just naturally. If they got one more guy, would I feel more comfortable? Yes. <laughs> yes, I would. Uh, but offensive line's about numbers, man. The highest number of kids that don't make it based on ranking, offensive line. And it's because I, the game is played with your feet. I get it. But the kids that make it to where they need to go, it's from here to here. The effort in the weight room, the training room, not eating pizza at 1.30 in the morning, all those things go into it. And it's stuff that I can't grade on film or anybody else. You can take the greatest offensive line coach of all time. And you're not like Ethan White was 400 pounds or whatever it was. Everybody's like, who's this guy? Why are they, why are they taking this guy? He ended up being really good. He wanted it. He worked hard. He lost the weight and he, he refined his technique. So if they got one more kid, I'd feel better. But at the same time, like you said, they've taken some athletes in this class. They do have high ceilings. And they've got good O-line coaches. So I'm not as concerned about Florida on the offensive line as some other people might be. Yeah, and when you take those developmental pieces, we know, again, ideally, no true freshman is playing on the offensive line. Florida's probably going to deal with some of that this year. But how long would you, we'll say, be comfortable with these developmental pieces before you either go, okay, it's time to decide, are they ready to actually play in the SEC? Or you know what? Yeah, we whiffed on this one. We probably should have taken a, a, a bit of a more polished recruit coming in or should have swung usually, usually you need the first two years for kids like that to get into the right type of shape and everything, but they got pretty good athleticism. I could see one of them possibly pushing the depth chart as a redshirt freshman. Which one? Absolutely no idea, man. That's why I hate grading O-line film. It's very difficult to begin with, but – in the SEC, the, the line is so fine. It is so fine on which players are going to be good anyway. That, that makes it worse. Um, the only other thing is Florida's depth on the offensive line is my one concern. If they get a couple injuries, let's say, in 24, and one of these kids has to play right away, look, I'm not going to take responsibility now for some of the things I'm going to say about it once we get on the podcast then because it could be ugly. You can't play freshman in the SEC on the offensive line very often. There's very few guys. So as long as they're doing the right steps and Florida's got good O-line coaches, they'll be fine long-term. Just need to get to at least 25 before I'd be happy with any of these guys playing. Yeah, um, so I'll, I'll add it to the list. I'm going to text you every time a receiver drops a pass to be like, hey, we're talking about Jeremiah Smith. And every time an offensive lineman gets hurt, I'm going to text you like, hey, we're probably going to be talking about a true freshman uh, be being forced into action. So there we go. We got the list. Um, moving to a bit of a more, um, let's say, fun position, I guess. Caleb Odom is just. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, is, he is very dynamic. Today's episode of Locked on Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. And man, let me tell you, 
You're missing out if you haven't signed up yet. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on dingers, strikeouts, hits. I've been betting on first plate appearance. been doing that if it's like a pitcher with a great strikeout rate. And a hitter with a crappy strike out rate. I go, okay, they're first at bat, striking out. That's been very profitable so far. Just saying, go ahead. Don't miss a chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Would you be comfortable with talking about Caleb Odom as the X receiver in this Gators class? Or we talked about the class last week where you don't have a ton of size there. You've got your your slot, you've got your flanker, but now would it be Caleb Odom as the X receiver if he were to commit to Florida? Uh, Fletcher Westfall, by the way, committing July 10th. Caleb Odom committing July 15th. So Jeray Hawkins, Isaiah Williams, would Caleb Odom be an X that you're comfortable with there? As long as you're okay with a guy not being a burner, but he's 215, 220, and he's got phenomenal hands and runs good routes, plays at Carrollton. Really, really good program. They were in the state finals last year in 7A. So, yeah, I would take him. And I've, I've met him and been around him. He's a great kid. I think he's got a really high ceiling. It's just a matter of how do you want to use him. And I imagine that Florida or anybody else would move him around. Put him in the slot once in a while, do different things with him to create mismatches. Because he's a big drink of water, man. He's 6'4", 6, 6'5". 215, 220 pounds. He's used to being the featured receiver. Um, Lewis, that stud 2026 quarterback, who's right now the number one player at 26, is his teammate. I'm sure Florida would like to nab him as well. So let's throw that in there. Um, if they do that, we'll, we'll hold a, a special podcast. I'll go ahead and announce that now for all the Gator fans. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't have a problem with it because I think you could move him around. I, I wouldn't peg him at one spot. I think Odom can be moved around and be a really difference maker in just about anybody's offense, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know that when Caleb Odom visited Gainesville last month, he was like, Hey, they're showing me Kyle Pitts film. And I would imagine that they're like, Hey, you know how Kyle Pitts lined up in line, flex into the slot and all the way out wide. We're going to do this, this same crap with you, just more receiver stuff. And when you have, We'll say we'll, we'll play the hypothetical scheme game. You know how we like to do that because, I mean, well, last week we were talking about Jeray Hawkins and the Wildcat, and I, I almost had to mark the show as explicit when we did that. But with Amir Jackson already committed as a very athletic tight end who in high school he's taking reverses, he clocked 20 miles per hour, insane athleticism. What kind of positional and scheme versatility – would that give Billy Napier and this entire offense to have both Caleb Odom and Amir Jackson on roster? That's called not being fair. And that's what you need. You need to place the other team in a position where they don't know how you're going to line up. I mean, this kid's got to learn the playbook, but if you've got Caleb and Amir, and I mean, you could, if you wanted, you could go double tight ends or you could put them both in slot, run screens I mean, you really put the other team in a bad spot because it, you need to put linebackers on the field for them if they run the ball. But if they go spread, you know, you're, you're guessing as a coordinator. So, and Napier, as we know, really likes to pound the football. 
when those guys are out there, even if you're in a kind of a loose tight end formation, they're all spread out. You can run a million different plays on RPO. So it, it opens Billy's playbook too. Versatility with big receivers has always been there. Uh, obviously, a certain wide receiver named Pitts. I don't think he's a tight end. I think he's a wide receiver. It's just kind of how I, you can call him whatever you want. He, he scores. That's how I look at yeah. it. But guys like that, they change what everybody does on defense. It makes it easier for running back, O-line, quarterback, everybody else. So I think it's a good idea to get multiple guys like that and go tempo. You can come out 22 personnel, but if you're going tempo and running your tight ends out wide, the defense is in a horrendous horrendous position. So I'm all for it. Yeah, uh, you can call Kyle Pitts a wide receiver. You can call him a tight end. I like to call him John Mackey Award winner. That's just that's just how I would like to throw it out. If I'm Billy Napier, I'm like, hey, this is the guy that we want to use you like. Um, but you did mention going up tempo. And is it just me or does it feel like Billy Napier, who for all the we want to go 12 personnel, we want to run the ball and just manage the clock. It feels like he's putting together a 2024 class that is not going to do that. Like, like I just feel like he's putting together a 2024 class where he's like, hey, we're getting athletes at literally every single position. We're playing this like a video game. We're just going to add speed everywhere, and we're just going to spread it. I, I feel like he's building a team that wants to go fast, even though everything he's ever said and done prior to this is, yeah, we want to milk the clock. You got to adjust to your personnel. And if you looked at the college football playoffs last year, both those games were not exactly defensive-oriented. And think about the teams that were in it. I mean, TCU was the one random, you know, darling in it. But both games were in the 40s. If you don't score, brother, you're not winning. So even like Georgia's got more talent on defense than anybody, and they got killed by Ohio State's offense. So you've got to score. And I think with Flagway coming in, with the kind of receivers they have, I mean, Williams I know well. and I mean, I've been around Hawkins. I mean, that kid can fly. You're going to be putting those guys out on the field, probably getting one-on-one coverage with some of the big guys they have. You've got carte blanche. And then you got DJ running RPO on top of it. Hey, man, you can do whatever you want at that point. You can slow it down when you want. But if you want to rev it up, they've got the playmakers to do it. Man, I'm so ready to be so hurt once again. Um, but <laughs> I'm just letting you know. I'm just, I'm so oh, ready. Man. I can't wait for it. I, I live for the disappointment. <laughs> um, flipping to the defensive side, because, you know, you got to score points, but you also have to at some point stop somebody. Ashton Hampton is committing next week, July 15th, same day as Caleb Odom, but Ashton Hampton's committing, I believe, at 6 p.m. Odom's at, like, noon. Um, but Ashton Hampton's someone who he's visited campus. We haven't talked much about him on here. What do you think about his film? He's a guy that could play in multiple roles. He could probably be a nickel safety, free safety, strong safety, kind of move him around. Um, In a pure dime sense, you could probably put him at linebacker and let him be the only linebacker and let him just roam around, do different things. But he's an athlete, Um, 190 pounds and can really run. You can figure it out from there. He's probably a guy I would blitz. He's got an aggressive nature to him. And I'm sure that Clemson – They've done a tremendous job with their safeties. I would show him kind of that role, no matter what school I am. Like, we want to move you around like they did and blah, blah, blah. 
and that's probably what Clemson's coaches are doing now. They're the one that's favored to get him, but I don't trust those things very much. I've been burned numerous times here lately on my predictions, and I'm staying away from them. Um, it, it's been horrendous for me in the last five days, so I'm leaving that alone. But at the same time, if he commits out of state especially, I would imagine Napier and his staff would stay on him because they've got to start getting more kids in state. They just do. I mean, even Kevin Carter, a famous Florida Gator, is from Tallahassee. So, I mean, they've always recruited North Florida well, and that's the kind of kid you go after no matter what. And they need defensive help, so keep recruiting him. Yeah, uh, fun fact, Kevin Carter's son Zion went to Dartmouth, and he had the transfer portal, and I was convinced Florida was going to get him. They didn't. Um, just fun, fun little fact there. Um, but with Ashton Hampton, yeah, Florida has to push for him. You need, one, more DBs, and two, yeah, you have – it's just it, it's so weird what, looking at this Florida class after Billy Napier and his staff are like, hey, we want to basically wall off Florida. And then just, the majority of this class is from out of state. I believe Georgia is the state where you have the most kids from, which how, actually, uh, yeah. How do you feel about that? Georgia being the state where Florida has the most kids committed to right now, because it's like you want to wall off your state but you also want to go into your direct rival state and take players from them. You got to take the kids that want to come, man. Um, Georgia's an incredible football state. I love going up there to scout. I'll be there a couple times this year, actually. I don't, I don't think anybody that wears orange and blue is going to complain if a kid from Macon, Georgia, scores a touchdown for the Gators. They're not going to care. I'm, I'm convinced that a guy in New York won't care either. I'm completely convinced of that. So I don't worry about it. And the other part of this, and this is notorious, kids in the state of Florida, as I've said many times, do not make early decisions. Why? I have no idea. So this will come back around. Even some of the guys that made pledges, you watch. At the end, Florida will get one or two kids that decide to stay home. It's been going on forever. It's not going to change in the class of 24. Yeah, um, before I do let you go, I got one more question for you where we've talked a good deal about Teddy Foster, who is someone that, you know, I'm a big fan of him, hoping he's a Florida Gator. He remains uncommitted. We've talked a bit about Justin Denson, committed to Michigan State earlier this week after initially pushing his commitment back. How would you compare Ashton Hampton to Teddy Foster and Justin Denson? And obviously, you know, I don't need a direct comparison, but just just that same style they seem like like the tall long dbs that Corey raymond's been pursuing this cycle well i i mean hampton could play corner i'd rather play him at free safety but again i'll let Corey raymond figure that out it depends what scheme you're going to run and Corey likes big corners so maybe he could but i would move him around anyway um hampton's just a guy i like his attitude on the field he's got a chip on his shoulder he has a defensive mentality, and those guys kind of like Kyle Pitts. They're just football players. You'll find a way to use them right off the bat on special teams, maybe a niche on the nickel or the dime package. He'll find a role get on the field. Wherever he goes is a freshman because athletically he's got some skills you can't teach. The position will take care of itself. But uh, I, I like him long-term at free safety and then moving him at nickel you can call it whatever you want. That spot is all-encompassing now. It's very hard to fill. So let the players figure it out. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's important to talk about how, like, 
we talk about you know amir jackson and caleb odom and and it's all these guys that were like oh yeah they're these tight end receiver hybrids and when kyle pitts was at florida that wasn't as common it it was like they called him the unicorn He, he was a complete unicorn and i remember dan mullen was like well the way you stop a unicorn is with a unicorn that's why nobody can stop kyle pitts and so i feel like we're seeing more of these tall long athletic dbs kind of piling in and it's like well how do you stop a unicorn get one of the unicorns and, and that's the approach that's that right. is kind of taking in the secondary and i'm here for it get more chess pieces get guys like a blitz and get guys that can cover and and i'm i'm a happy dude that's it but uh well yeah he wanted length that he went out and got it in this class where they end up playing corner and safety oftentimes just it just takes going into fall camp and seeing him compete at the sec level and we can only project so much based off camp and and some film and some seven on seven need to see them go out there and play against top competition and hit each other. Yeah. And hopefully Florida will see that with some of these guys. Thank you so much, Brian. This is Brian Smith locked on's recruiting insider. Catch him all throughout the locked on college channel and every week here on locked on Gators. Thanks for making locked on Gators. Your first listen of the day, every day we are available daily. And free rev this in the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators football with Brandon Carroll, as he is going to be here every Friday through the remainder of the summer. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. And I will see you all tomorrow.